I could not be the center for the L.A. Lakers, no matter how bad I wanted that when I was a kid. I'm 5'8", for goodness sake. You know what I mean? Like, there's some things that, yeah, I'm not doing, right? Like, okay. But but the thing is, I want them to dream bigger. Yeah. Like, I want, okay, you want to be the next president? You want to be the next CEO? You want to create the next whatever? Sweet. Go at it full, I mean, full blaze. But go at it knowing that's not the end all. I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. This is Into the Fray. How's your week been? What's been going on? Uh, it's been good, man. I'd have to say that, Austin, uh, my mortality has been in my frontal view this week. Yeah, so like Monday afternoon, I was going into my shop, and um, uh, it's in that we live in the sticks kind of thing. And so I know when you kind of, like around my house, when you walk into something outdoors or you know near whatever, you look for snakes. I mean, you just do. So I open the door to the shop, and and I'm looking around, and I don't see anything. But I, you know, I don't call me unmanly or whatever. I still picked up something because there's. Uh, I just tend to walk up on them. I'm a magnet for them for whatever reason, kind of thing. And sure enough, here comes one. And uh, it was just kind of an oak snake, pretty long, but coming at me. And I'm not a, um, you know, kind of replace. You know, put it in a different spot, relocate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I dispose. So I disposed, and as I turned, that I look and there's another snake. Yeah, this is definitely sissing, sponsored by Peta. Sissing at me at my feet, and so I twisted real quick to just shoo it away. And man, I pulled something in my back, and it's just an ugly thing. Like <laughs> it's, it's you're old, and you know sometimes it's just getting out of bed. Sometimes you make a a twist or whatever, swinging at a snake, and it's like. Man, I am really old. Yeah. Dang. I know. I well, let me build you up because I was going to say this when you came in. You <laughs> okay. actually look like really, uh, I don't know, healthy, like oh. uh, energetic. Oh, I, wow. I don't know, like vibrant maybe. Okay. I did shave coming. about you know a few days ago kind of thing, so not yeah, quite that, as much gray. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I kind of had the skunk thing going on my beard. and Anyway, my wife told me there was a line that was gray. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, you got to do something. <laughs> Just for men or shave it. You got to do something. So yeah. anyway, how about uh, you, man? How's your week? It's been really good. I've, I've been trying something new. Oh, uh, yeah. So Tell. Uh, I have been getting up at 4 a.m. Okay. And going to the gym right, uh, essentially right when I get up. Okay. Uh, usually I would go to the gym right after work, which is about 4 p.m. Yeah. But that like that impedes on everything after work, and like it, it makes everything. Uh, I feel like my life was like really crammed. I was like, you know what? I'm. I've always wanted to be the guy who gets up at four a.m. and just go to the gym. And so I started doing it, mm-hmm. and I've actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was really crazy is I actually feel more energetic throughout the day. Yeah, I was scared to death because I love naps. I was like. Dude, I'm definitely gonna be exhausted. I'm starting my day off like going from zero to one hundred, mm-hmm. and then gonna go to work for eight hours. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm surviving this. But it's actually been the opposite of like I haven't been taking as many naps, mm-hmm. and like even today, like I didn't even want to take a nap. And so it's just that weird thing of like it's actually working. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so how about going to sleep at night? 
Or do you go to bed any earlier? Is it easier to fall asleep now that you're not working out? Because that's always my thing about working out in the afternoon. Because I get, like, geeked afterwards. Like, like I'm amped up. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like this. I'm, I stay amped a lot anyway. But you know what I mean? Like, after a workout or something, you're just, everything's going. I mean, your body's wide yeah. open. Your mind's wide open. And so for me, it's hard to tone it down. But I would you think. Know, that that actually would explain a lot. Uh, well, but not, I guess, no, it wouldn't. Because before, I'd go to bed really tired. Yeah. But now, I'm actually, like, really energetic. Huh, okay. Again, I'm, I don't know what the science is behind this, but this makes no sense to me. But, like, I'm, and so I got coffee with a guy named, in our church named Jeff last mm-hmm. weekend. And I was, I was, time of my life, greatest thing ever, new best friend. Uh, man, it was great. Cool. Sunday comes, we have some guests, and I make sure we're getting coffee this weekend. Nice. So Sunday, before, like, I'm skipping men's group, and yeah, yeah. we're getting coffee. And I'm so excited about getting coffee with them that the day, the, the night before I was going to go to the gym mm-hmm. and like do this for the first time, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like, dude, I'm getting coffee with these people. This is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. What am I going to ask them? I was just like zero to 100 just in my mind. Yeah. Just way too excited. I was like, Austin, you got to come down. You have <laughs> a whole week to, to like sustain this energy to uh-huh. go hang out with these people. Mm-hmm. But also, you have chosen to get up at 4 a.m. to go work out. So you need to make sure you get your sleep right now. Yeah. And so I had to like settle myself down. But, uh, wow. So what time do you go into work? Seven. Okay. So that's three hours yeah. prior. Are you working out for two hours? Or? No. Okay. No, I only work out for an hour. Okay. Uh, so I get up at four. It takes me about 15 minutes to get to the gym. But I still like, I got to get clothes on and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I need a little snack. So I only get to the gym about 4.30. Is anybody else there? Yeah, military dudes. Oh, yeah? Okay. Which is cool because the, uh, I don't know if you know Jocko Willink. Mm, don't know. He's like this uh, former Navy SEAL guy. What? He's like... He's on Joe Rogan a lot. Okay. Him and David Goggins always talk about, like, they're the motivational people I listen to. Mm-hmm. And Jocko was the guy who, like, made it famous about, like, get up at 4 a.m. and go conquer your day. Wow. And I've had I've known that for, a, what, like, a few years now, but I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was him who, like, I was, that made, like, a mental note of, like, one day, maybe I'll get there. <laughs> one day. Now I'm getting there, and I go yeah. into the gym, and I'm with all these, like, military dudes. And, like, there's one dude, I don't even know what he does, but he's he's twirling a baton and, like, doing some, like, choreography. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, to, like, the national anthem. I'm like, you guys are, I, I like being in this energy. Wow. Because it's also, like, really peaceful. Yeah. Like, uh, that first day, I... It was it was refreshing because I got done with my the hardest part of my day at five thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Like I woke out of the gym and it's pitch black dark. I was like, wow, my day hasn't even started. Yeah, and you've accomplished so much. Yeah, come yeah. at me. <laughs> but then also, uh, the moon's out and the stars, mm-hmm. and you're just like, I, I don't. It's, it's it was just really cool to be up that early to where the moon and stars are still out Mm -hmm. and you're you're kind of like it's quiet and peaceful no one's on the road nice besides these other military guys yeah first couple of days though did you hit a wall like mid-afternoon 
Or was there? Uh, no, the only thing I've been taking notes about how I feel about mm-hmm. like each day and mm-hmm. trying to make note of like if anything starts going downhill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the only thing that I noticed was like that first day I didn't uh, eat anything before I went to the gym, so I was working out on an empty stomach, mm. and that was a terrible decision. Yeah, because I was just yeah. You had no, I took pre workout, but that's it just makes you sick in the morning. Mm. So. Oh, good for you. I almost feel inspired to do it myself. But four or five, I do. Yeah, four. Wow, that's that's impressive, though. But yeah, I do need Maybe to start one day. To <laughs> <laughs> when my back yeah. recovers, and yeah, one day. We'll see. But, uh, so today we're talking about this, uh, this episode. Well, yeah, we're recording this a month away, a month before. But when it will come out, it's going to be around graduation time. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of kids out there probably, like teenagers, about to graduate or even college students mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do with the rest of their life. Yeah. And there's all this pressure on you got to make a decision now. Yeah. And so I just wanted us to talk about like what is – how do you find out God's will for your life? Yeah. Is there a wheel, you know, uh, is there a, 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 do you have a destiny almost of what you're specifically called to do, Mm -hmm. all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd even say also, man, you know, for sure, high school, college graduates, um, you know, picking a college, going into the workforce, maybe, hopefully moving out of your mom's house, maybe not, whatever kind of thing. But I'd even say, man, it's, you know, happening more and more. For adults, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about thirty somethings. For this, just change. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with COVID, a lot of people have moved on from jobs, and there's just there's just a lot of change. And it's kind of like, even for those, uh, they've already had a job or two, yeah. And so they some even feel like maybe they swung and miss. And so now it's like, now what? Yeah. Is it too late? You know, now I'm already forty. Is it? You know, I should be thinking about retirement soon. So, yeah, I think that's a, such an important thing. And I think too. Um, for a lot of believers, um, but especially, you know, those that are graduating, when we talk about the will of God, we, we treat it almost like, so for those that would be graduating high school, going to college, if I choose college A, which is God's will, mm-hmm. life will be awesome. It will be, it's, it's his will. It will be great. It, yeah. But what if I choose college B? <laughs> but that's what we do. Uh, yep. Graduating college, picking the first job, forty uh, something, picking the sixth job, or what? You know what I mean? It's kind of like we treat God's will like a door to be open, instead of like a path to be walked. It's kind of like what is it? Will of Fortune that they have the different boxes or uh-huh. yeah, 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 one of those old yeah, game shows. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's Will of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Yes, I know what you're Daniel watches it, <laughs> which is nuts, but uh. Yeah, we, we do. That, that's what I was thinking. It was like, uh, I remember thinking that I had missed God's will for my life somehow. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know how yeah. I missed it. Because for the longest time, I wanted to be a full-time lead pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And when the route that I thought I was supposed to take, I, I didn't uh, have that opportunity to take it. I was like, Dude, did I do something wrong? Did I did I make a mistake along the way? Did I choose yeah. the wrong door? Yeah. And it was all this pressure of like, 
well, then what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Am I always going to be like this person who just, I don't know, missed the boat, basically? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and for people who, you know, older, I guess, that's that's already had a job or, or anything, even if you hadn't, even if you're right now and you're listening, you're about to graduate high school or you're a couple of years off from even graduating kind of thing, we've all had that kind of like, if what I wonder if I'd have chosen this back mm-hmm. then. If I'd have chosen that door, where, maybe that was God's will. And if it would have been, or, or if it was, where would I be today? And that's a dangerous thing to get to because yeah. there is zero security in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like zero assurance. It's just like, replay like maybe I've missed something and that, that is just uh, that's a bad and, but the Bible never speaks of God's will that way never yeah well it is a path it's a journey it's a following um, I mean everywhere that you look in scripture I mean I remember years ago even um, just looking online I think at, at the time like if you just Google the will of God scripture and it's amazing if you just look at those yeah you know okay so and I'm sure we'll talk about them um, so God's will is our sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. Well, that's not a door. I mean, he is the door, but it's a, it's a path. It's following Jesus. It's a lifestyle. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, and, and my favorite, Psalm 37, verses 3 through, well, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, the order matters, yeah. right? Like, Trust in the Lord, feed on his faithfulness, and then he gives you the desires of your heart. Why? Because my heart is then in tune with his heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then therefore, he's giving me my heart because my heart is bent toward what his will is. And that, you know, verse five, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness at the light as your justice the noonday. And over and over again, if you like the Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, I mean, there's everywhere you look in Scripture, it is about, it's about following Christ, trusting in Him. Um, It's not like just picking a door. Yeah. And if I pick the wrong one, because again, as a loving father, he doesn't, I mean, I say it this way, dude, like God's not playing peekaboo with his wheel. Yeah. You know, he's not dangling it out there like a carrot, hoping you find it one day. He's not like treating you like a little kid and like, you know, I hope you guess it kind of thing. And I'm, like, he wants you to know what it is. Yeah, he's because for you. <laughs> he's, he's for you. He chose it for you. I didn't even Why wouldn't that. he want you to walk in it? I didn't even think about that. If you have that idea that God's playing peekaboo with you, yeah. then it's he, ultimately you, you you have that belief that he's, he's really not for you no. because he's not trying to make it evident to you yeah he's, he's trying to be mysterious for what like his for fun yeah i guess <laughs> i mean you know we don't think of it we don't say it that way maybe we do think of it we wouldn't say that out loud yeah but that's how we treat it yeah you know and and two in doing that google search or concordance or whatever it is where you look at the will of it is it is so like i did it again today and was just looking at all the different scriptures yeah, like First Thessalonians five eighteen, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Like so, to have a spirit of thanksgiving in mm-hmm. every circumstance is His will. That's only possible in Christ. Like, yeah, you you won't be appreciative, thankful for everything. You'll be thankful for the really good stuff that comes your way. Yeah, but I mean, what about the non? And so, yeah, I think knowing again, get getting back to identity. 
who God is, mm-hmm. his character, and who you are as his child is so important to the will of God. Yeah. And kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of the Thanksgiving part, like, the, or I think that I, sometimes we forget that the people in the Bible didn't have the options we do. Like, we live in the West. We live in America. Mm-hmm. It's very unique in that you get to choose what you want to do for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But, like, Bible times, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, they kind of got, they, they did, like, Jesus did what his father did. Mm-hmm. It was kind of set yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the rabbi chose you to become the or next. They were fishermen because their dads were fishermen, John. Yeah, yeah. sure. So yeah. it wasn't like they weren't asking the question of, should I be the fisher or the carpenter? Like, mm-hmm. frick. Man, what if I what if I choose the wrong one? Yeah. It's, it was like, instead, how am I going to glorify God in whatever job I have? Yes. Which is, uh, it takes the weight off of things, I think. Because then it's like, you're not even having to you you're, there's not so much pressure on choosing which career path to take mm-hmm. it's the pressure is on you and how you're going to how, who are you going to be as the yes. carpenter or the fisherman yeah. well, or whatever and that again is identity identity is about who you are yeah. not what you do yes you know that that's the the thrust of our identity as believers as followers of Christ it's who we are because of who he is, not what we do. Now, who we are and who he is absolutely fuels what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the go on it, but it's not, you can't get that backwards. Yeah. You know, the world, that's what we do. Because here's the thing. Like, I, I know, I mean, how many people do you know, you're a lot younger, so maybe you don't, but people who were something maybe in high school, and that was their identity. So, like, I know a lot of people, even my age, they live in the glory days of high school, you know, whether it was the partying, because that's who they were. They were the center of attention. It was the best play, whatever. Or they were the athlete. You know, they were the, you know, that's, you, you look on social media and that's all they ever play is stuff from, you know, 20 years ago. Because that was, that was their value, their meaning was in what they did. Yeah. Instead of who they are. You know what I mean? And, and, and here's what happens. Okay, so what happens when that ball player, for instance, can no longer play ball? You yeah. feel like your world's just, that's it. Like, that's all, that's who I am. That's not who you are. It's what you do. Yeah. Sitting with did. those people, it, yeah. it's always really tough because the, I, I know a few of those athletes who they gave their entire childhood to, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to be the next MLB star. Yep. And then that never happens. And where they get injured or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they they've spent their whole life at that point just solely focusing on this one skill, not worry about anything else. Yeah. And sometimes that that like that's even the parents' fault of like you sure. should have made your kid's life a little bit more balanced. Like yeah, yeah balance is good. You know. Yeah. But uh, it yeah it's, again it's crazy because we I, I I don't know if that's just like a unique thing to i guess it wouldn't be to like our culture mm-hmm. that you'd fe- put all your identity in what you do mm-hmm. of yeah. you're just the baseball player that's where you get your purpose and your drive sure. and all that stuff or yeah. the carpenter part whatever that's right dude you said something earlier too i just want to touch on like so the cycle like and you were talking about the the choices like so think for example all right john 
So John, his dad was the beloved disciple. So I'm about the Apostle John, uh, not John Dixon. Uh, John, <laughs> you know, it was a family business. Yep. Okay. So maybe his granddad did it too. I don't know how many generations passed down, but what he did. And so maybe that's what he thought that's all there was. Yeah. You know, small rural town, fishing, family, you know, that's it. And then here comes Jesus. I'm going to make you fishers men. I'm going to turn, I, I'm going to use everything that you've learned, all your experiences, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to use that, but I want to take it next level. Yeah. And I just think about cycle because you said that and it just kind of hit me that we do have obviously much more opportunities, but there is still, I mean, that mentality today yeah. of cycles, meaning this is all, this, this is how I grew up. This is maybe, um, whether it's especially like addiction or something like that, this is how my granddad, my dad, whatever kind of thing. So this is me, or this is all I've ever seen. And so this is just all there's going to be. I mean, same cycle. I mean, in a sense of like, nothing is going to change because this is all I've ever known. Yeah. That's a good point. Until Jesus steps in that picture. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I think for, you know, one of the things I tell kids, man, um, we do a really bad job. I think we, you know, as parents who love our kids, we, we want to tell them they can do anything. And they can. And then we'll quote scripture, you know, with God, all things are possible. I could not be the center for the L.A. Lakers, no matter how bad I wanted that when I was a yeah. kid. I'm 5'8", for goodness sake. You know what I mean? Like, there's some things that, yeah, I'm not doing, right? Like, okay. But, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, I want them to dream bigger. Yeah. Like, I want, okay, you want to be the next president? You want to be the next CEO? You want to create the next whatever? Sweet. Go at it full, I mean, full blaze. But go yeah. at it knowing that's not the end all. Yeah. You know, let God's, his glory, um, his kingdom purposes not only be your driving force, but along the way to the ups and downs of whatever it is you achieve. Like, dream big, but dream bigger than how yeah. you're dreaming now. I would, I would even push that maybe a little more and say dreaming big doesn't necessarily mean you dream to be president. No. Of like, I, I know some people, some some of my friends who they they dreamt big for mm-hmm. a small town person, and their dream like they missed out on so many of the amazing opportunities that were right in front of them. Yeah. Because they had this vision in mind of what that big dream was supposed yep. to be, and it's like. Maybe if you just tweaked it just a little bit, mm-hmm. you could have made something really great here. And so, uh, you know, like for me, it was I wanted to be the lead pastor because that's all I knew a pastor for. Mm-hmm. I, that's the model I had always seen. Mm-hmm. That was my big dream. But then the it, it came to a point to where Seminary was not going to be an option. My family does not make the kind of money to pay for me to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pastors I knew at the time, the they would have somebody come bless them with tuition money, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't happening for me. And so I had to get like real for a moment. It was like, okay, financially, I don't think it makes sense for me to pay for seminary and like go in a bunch of debt. Like that's, yeah. I, I don't know. That'd be me screwing my future family over. Mm-hmm. So I need to rethink what it looks like to be a pastor. Yeah, and thankfully I had mentors at the time who helped me figure that out. Of okay, well, you don't have to be the lead pastor of a church or like full time ministry. A pastor can be 
just an elder in the church. True, yeah. And he's not preaching every Sunday, but he's shepherding the flock throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And he's out there actually in the world with them because he's got a whole other job. And uh, for me, that was like really framed because it was like, oh, my, if I'm just a little bit more flexible and allow my dream to expand in a way I never thought it could, mm-hmm. I'll actually see what God's trying to do right in front of me. And then that's been like the blessing of it of like, I've not only been able to learn an amazing skill with cabinetry, but then I've also been able to hopefully be a blessing in my church of like, they don't have to pay me, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they don't have to pull out another salary Mm -hmm. for me because I already have a salary from Mm -hmm. the cabinet shop. I can be a shepherd like almost behind the scenes, I guess. I'm, I hope that makes no, sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and let me just kind of, um, I guess, go off what you just said, too. Like, um, so when I say dream big, yeah, like, I think kids should dream. Be an astronaut, be the president, whatever kind of thing. But when it's the end all, just mm-hmm. like anything in life, like, okay, marriage or kids or this job or whatever, if that's your if that's your goal and that's the end all, you're, you're more than likely going to be disappointed when you get there. Yeah. Because if that, you've made it an idol, basically. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's that's not what I mean by dreaming big. I think it's part of yeah. the process, though. Like, so, okay, I, as a, you know, yeah, preteen or whatever, I wanted, to, I wanted to play in the major leagues, you know, play baseball kind of thing. And then in high school, the reality hit, that probably ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what then replaces that? Okay, so if that's a crushing thing, I mean, it can go one or two ways. You know, it can either, okay, I'm going to redirect. But as someone who, again, at that time, I didn't know the Lord. Like, you know, I knew of him, but I didn't know him. And so it can be crushing kind of thing when that dream that you've thought about and dreamed about in your backyard and all just comes to this crashing, you know, wall of reality that ain't going to happen. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But I would say this, man, like, so, like, in Romans 12, you know, famous verse, but in verse 2, after he's talking about living, being a living sacrifice, he says, do not be conformed to the world, all right, so that's pre-Christ, to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. So part of that, like, so for a believer, as a living sacrifice, as, as an act of worship to God and the renewing of my mind, it's rethinking Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, being in the major league baseball, because like, here's the thing, like I know, like again, if I'm trusting my good heavenly Father, who knows a lot, you know what I mean? He knows, yeah. and I, I even say in prayer, like if I knew what He knows in every situation, I would know how to pray, kind of thing. You yeah. know, what I mean? it would change the way I prayed. So, but as far as just knowing His will, man, it's it's, it's okay, not the end. But part of that process is growing closer and closer to Him. Yeah. Living sacrifice, my mind being renewed, so it's not about... Because if I got to that point, I mean, what would it, you know, to gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? Yeah. I think, yeah, so we're on the same page of, like, when I heard Dream Big, what I heard, or, like, immediately what comes to my mind is my generation, we're sold this idea that the goal is for a lot of people to be famous. Like the the stats oh, yeah, are yeah. saying that, yeah. like kids are writing down, "I want to be a famous YouTuber." Sure. 
And so they, they think dreaming big is, I need to become famous and popular on all these social media platforms mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's all this pressure on these kids to do something that is, like, if that's, if you genuinely love YouTube mm-hmm. and you love making videos, mm-hmm. go do it. Mm-hmm. But if that's not your, if that's not the, the, the burden on your life of making great YouTube videos, mm-hmm then let that dream go and figure out another way to be in social media. Like, go become a social media manager for a, a company yeah, or something sure. like that. Yeah, And so it's just like seeing so many people my age think that the the thing they should aim for in life is fame. Mm-hmm. It's like what you said of like, okay, when you get there, you're going to do what a lot of these famous YouTubers have done who are our age and – you're going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Of you look at the Logan Pauls or the David Dobricks, yeah. they reached those heights. That was their dream. They put everything on the line. And at the end of the day, their character was crap. Yep. Like they, they ruined relationships. Yep. And the question you then have to ask is, well, then who are you? Mm-hmm. Really? Like at the end of the day, when the cameras aren't on, who are you truly going to be? And I think that's like what the Bible is trying to get at more of like, what's God's will for your life, it's who are you becoming. Yes. Of when you mentioned the Psalm thing, I, I turned to Psalm one because it that that's when I kind of realized that the Bible it's an instruction on how to do life. Of like mm-hmm. Christianity, it's called it's the way. Yeah. Of Jesus has an alternative yeah. way of doing life that he is claiming is better. But that way doesn't it's not the, the end goal for everybody isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go become the barber. Some people are going to become the hairdresser. I guess those are the same things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Hairdresser or the pharmacist sure, sure. or whatever. But in Jesus's model, you can become whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But at the core of who you are at the end Absolutely. of the day, when you go to bed at night, that's what he's after. Of That's where you're going to find yes. your identity. Are you someone who is lost in the world or mm-hmm. are you someone who finds their identity in Jesus and is okay with whatever circumstance or position they end up in. Absolutely. And that's nothing new. I mean, you mentioned the YouTubers, man. Like that, it's just tried and true. I could show you all throughout scripture, but I mean, you think, you know, the the, the stock market crashed and people were jumping out of buildings. Why? Because that was their life. That was their identity. That was their purpose. And when that came crumbling down, it was like, well, why live? Why continue? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. it's no different for. And, and here's here's something that worries me too, Austin, uh, especially within the church kind of thing. Like you mentioned, okay, your your dream, if you will, <laughs> yeah. was to be you know uh, a lead pastor kind. Of. Like we even do that though. We don't say we're dreaming big, but maybe we do. We just don't say it out loud because mega church pastors or yep. you know whatever it is kind of thing that you you. you compare yourself or you look at as like Mm. that would be really awesome like i'd like to experience that and so we we do that within the church too yeah and that's really and again okay am i really seeking his kingdom or mine you know am i really you know okay this end all even within ministry kind of thing is that really defining who i am Mm -hmm. and so if i'm less than that as in my eyes kind of thing, I feel less than that. You know what I mean? Versus, 
man, this is about God's glory. It's about his kingdom, the, the fame of his great name. Yeah. No matter if I'm a janitor at a church of 10 or standing on a stage preaching to you know, 10,000 people six times a week kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like That's something, too. The passage that came to my mind this week was the, in a, the Gospel of John. Jesus is talking to Peter, and he starts asking questions like, do you love me? Yep. Three times. Yep. And Peter's like, yeah, dude, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially by the third time, he's like, I don't understand. Can you not hear Jesus? Yeah. Did you die and lose your hearing? But uh, Jesus, every time, responds with, feed my sheep, tend mm-hmm. my sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one, basically kind of same mm-hmm. idea. Yep. He's telling Peter what to do. Mm-hmm. He even goes far, a little farther and talks about how Peter is going to die, the type of death he'll ha- yep. have. And then right after that, Peter looks at Jesus and John talking. And Peter's like... Jesus, what what about John? Mm-hmm. What what's his? What are you gonna tell him to do? Yeah, why ain't he doing anything? Yeah, and Jesus is like, what is that to you? Yeah. And of course, then it talks about how the disciples all, uh, the rumors are that Jesus said John will never die. Yeah, and John's like, no, that's not what he said. If you listened, <laughs> he was essentially just telling Peter, focus on yourself. Yeah, I called you to do you something. Yep. Are you actually doing it? I think that's another part of the identity thing of like. Uh, sometimes we'll get in these ruts in our lives where maybe we're not uh, as happy. We we kind of talked before the podcast about like falling out of love with your partner mm-hmm. and how that that could happen in a marriage. But then how you respond to that is really critical. Yeah. Are you going to go find out how to fall back in love with them, mm-hmm. or are you just going to abandon it all? Yeah. And with careers, sometimes we can. Our, our maybe our career isn't as romantic as it once was. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not like maybe we're not really enjoying building cabinets like we used to. Yeah. And so we look around and we're like, well, man, Ryan is his job looks really exciting and like God's. I wonder what is, what is God calling him to do? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're just being like critical and we're like, yo, what is Ryan? Is Ryan really following God's will for his life? Because look mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. But then that's the moment where we have to be. We have to preach the gospel to ourselves and say, why are you not being obedient where you're at? Mm-hmm. Of of course, building cabinets isn't romantic every day. You get dust in your eyes. You can't see half the time, you know? <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the lesson in that is that you need to uh, be obedient to Jesus in that job no matter what. That's right. And so... I think that's why like discipline is such a huge thing with all this of like you there's gonna be seasons where you fall out of love with your job or and that doesn't mean you have to stay there forever but I I think the there's a problem with people like you have one bad season at your job and you Mm -hmm. just abandon it and you go to the next one you do the same thing and that becomes a cycle of if you're committing long term to a career then there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be ups and downs. Uh, and you got to learn how to put little reminders in there of, hey, go find the beauty in this job again. Mm-hmm. Find where God's at it's in there. this job. Yeah. Because like at the cabinet shop, there have been times where I'm not really filling the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, man, we're doing the same vanity. Mm-hmm. Like they're not letting us be creative with it. Yeah. 
or maybe I'm just getting tired of spackling cabinets or whatever. And what I have to tell myself is, yeah, but remember what the spackling's for. Remember how important sanding is. Mm -hmm. And you have to almost like recast the vision Mm -hmm. for yourself on why this job is so important and how you can glorify God in it. And what you do is that's part of like, I think falling in, for me, it's been falling in love with building cabinets again. It's constantly putting those reminders in my life of like, no, remember why you're doing this. Yeah, and it's it has that little spark. Yep. And sometimes it takes a while. It takes discipline, yep. but it's yeah, yeah. And then the love. The I mean, I read that about the Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because if you're comparing, if you're thinking about the what ifs, you're not gonna have a grateful spirit. I mean, you're not, you're not yeah. thankful for that. You're gonna be wondering, man, I want be better on the other side, kind of thing. If I'd have done this, kind of thing. Man, I, I want to say this too, Austin. Like, and I know what we mean when we say it. But it just really hit me when you said it earlier. I want to know the will of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, all, like, it starts with, I want to know the will of God for my life. It, it's very me-centered. Yeah. Right? So I would just push back for a second, knowing God. Because, again, when it comes to the will of God in Scripture, it's not about a door. It's more about knowing and trusting the Lord. And so knowing the character of God, Mm -hmm. trusting who he is, all of his promises, all that he's done, all that kind of good stuff. And so I want to know what what is God's will? So why don't I start there? Why don't I start with what God's global, historic, not only, you know, back then kind of thing, but in the here and the now and until he returns and there, what is God's will? And so let me start with his character and what that is. And then, as I read earlier in that Psalm 37, one of the things, getting back to the choosing, the job, the college, the, the person you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life with, whatever kind of thing. Like, if it's just about choosing something instead of feeding on his faithfulness, knowing yep. who he is and trusting him. Here's what I know. As I'm walking, so if I'm getting up today and I'm, I'm, man, I'm in this intimate relationship with the living God, and I'm trusting Him, and I'm growing in Him, and I'm growing more and more like Christ, then I'm going to recognize those doors, and you know what? Either door I go through, it's going to be good. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Whatever college I go to, it, because I'm going to have a discerning spirit, and I'm going I'm to take wise counsel. I mean, I'm going to take the proper steps yep. to make the wisest choice, and then when I walk through it, man, it ain't no regret. You know, I think that's just the thing when we when we start talking about the will of God is let it begin with who he is. And you're trusting that he's sovereign, that he's good, that he's wise. All of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're trusting that. And as I'm walking with him, I'm going to walk through those doors. And I can trust when I walk through those doors, he's already gone ahead of me. He's with me. All those kind of things. And it's, you know. Yeah. It's a lot less pressure and also, I would say that the flip side would be if I'm not walking with him, mm-hmm. I'm not feeding on his faithfulness, I'm not praying, I'm not in his word, I'm not in community, I'm not seeking counsel, I'm not doing any of that stuff. And then all of a sudden, here comes a decision. God, show me your will. You know, maybe he does. But, you know, it's like, it would just be, I, I would feel a lot better if I've been worshiping with a transformed, renewed mind and then walking up to that moment. Okay, God, I do I do seek wisdom. I do want to yeah. know, so I am asking. But I've been feeding on his faithfulness, so I'm going to trust him in whatever door I open. Versus just wait yeah. to the last minute and be like, God, I need to do this right <laughs> Yeah. 
me and my boss were talking this morning about kind of this topic and he had uh, like a thousand jobs before he became the owner of Tomlinson Cabinets and started his own cabinet shop. But he he was talking about how it was when you're essentially kind of what you're saying of when you're walking with God and you're really pressing into like what his will is for your life, you're not having to go search for God's will. God's will will find you. Yeah. And so it was so abundantly clear to him to start the cabinet shop. Mm-hmm. Like the other, how he was uh, working at for the other cabinet shops just wasn't, it wasn't beneficial for him or his family. Mm-hmm. And so it was very clear for him of like, no, this, this makes sense. Yeah. This is what God would want. If God's yep. for my good, this is for my good. And it made me even think about like missionaries of, missionaries, the stories I've heard of them, they, when they're looking, uh, when they talk about the mission field and how they felt called to the mission field, I've every time I've heard one talk, it's always the same. Of, or a lot of time, I didn't want to be the missionary, but mm. God made it so clear I needed to go do this. He mm. put like a thousand signs in my way and was like, "You need to go to Africa." Yeah. And they're like, well, "Frick, I need to go to Africa." Huh. And it was, there was no mystery behind it. Yeah. If anything, and it, it reminds me of like the Charles Spurgeon. I think it, I'm pretty sure this is who it is. He can take credit for it anyways. Yeah. Of, he said for him, uh, or I think maybe he was talking to his, the kids who are going to seminary at his college or whatever to be a pastor. Okay. You'll know you're called to be a pastor mm-hmm. when you can't go to bed at night without yeah. that that burden, mm-hmm. without that urge of I need to shepherd people. Yeah. And that's what I think essentially like it's like of you're not having to wonder what God's will is for your life if you're mm-hmm. close to him yeah. because that burden's going to start developing in you. Absolutely. For me, when it became uh, clear about the, the route I'm going to take with being a pastor, I my mentor at the time, Scott Sermons, uh, Gate took me through this book called The Minister of Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And... At the time, the only kind of pastor I had in mind was the mega church pastor, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. We start going through this book, and that book completely obliterates that model and paints a shepherd as like what the Bible was trying to communicate it as. And I was like, dude, that's my heart. Like, I, my heart literally like is like it's weighing on me. Like, this is this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about it. And it's not that there's like times in my life where I haven't like wondered, am I really going to be a pastor? But there's this, like every time I've questioned it, I keep coming back to the fact of, no, you know, at the end of the day, no matter the doubts or the questions, you can't run away from this yeah. because yeah. you're, it's part of who you are. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like God, I think that's another thing of like, <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm ranting, mm. of God gives us desires for a reason. And so if you're wondering what is God's will for my life? What are you, what are you interested in? Yeah, what are you passionate about? That that's so critical. Like he he's going to use your he he gave you some of those passions and desires for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have to cultivate them. You're going to have sure. to uh <laughs> the renewing of the mind and all that stuff with them. But he gave you these passions whether it's for woodworking or pharmaceuticals <laughs> or whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's like he can use those in your life and so kind of just i think my advice would be like, 
I'm kind of think of like the Jordan Peterson thing. Uh, I maybe referenced here before. Jordan Peterson said, "You t- sit down for a minute and you reflect on what your li- you want your life to look like five, ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Create a vision, and then start writing down what it would take for you to get there. Mm-hmm. And then you start working. You you just follow the steps. You work backwards and you follow the steps. Yeah. And for me, that's that's kind of what like this this week has been like of I've always wanted to be the guy who gets up at 4 a.m. and goes to work out because later on in my life, I want to be able to go home after work and love my wife and kids mm-hmm. and not have to worry about freaking <laughs> going to the gym. Yeah. I don't want my day to be full of everything yeah. when it could be full of my time with my family. Mm-hmm. And so doing making that intentional decision this week of you're going to start doing that now you're going to make it a habit now mm-hmm. to become the person you want to be later yeah same with the reading a book a week i want to be someone who's well read yeah and who can uh be very understanding to people of different ideas and mm-hmm. philosophies and whatnot and so i need to read a book a week mm-hmm. that's how i'm gonna get there so i need to put that in my life and commit you're gonna start doing this you're gonna fail every yeah absolutely i failed already mm-hmm. but you're going to start working on this now so that later in life you will become what you envisioned you would be. Mm-hmm. And God's going to tweak that and he's going to work around. He's going to make it better than you could ever imagine. But yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's awesome. <laughs> let, me, let me give some so practical. Like yeah. No, let me just give some practical to those two because I think both those illustrations are great because I don't want to just say, okay, knowing the will of God is – you know, picking a college, that's important. Or going to the workplace, what job? Or obviously picking the person that you're going to date and possibly marry. Those are huge. But what about the daily? I mean, I remember years ago thinking, you know, we, we concentrate on those big decisions. And mm-hmm. we should. I mean, they're, they're big decisions for a reason kind of thing. But you make a million decisions every day. Yeah. Well, you need to know what the will of God are or is for all of those decisions. Not just the yeah. big ones. And so, so like your two, if I, if I can just use those real quick. So you said that you made a choice. You, you had a goal of, I don't want to wait till I'm married, have children, or whatever God's, if that's his, you know, part of his plan for me in the future. I want to start now working out at four o'clock and the reason, rationale, reason behind it kind of thing, which is awesome. But just in the will of God in general. Okay. So I, I would ask like if people asking about the will of God, okay, does it obviously line up with the word of God? they got to go hand in hand Mm -hmm. so your body is the temple of the holy spirit i can point to a lot of things about you know just not just obviously we talked about the spiritual side but the physical the emotional the mental loving your wife all of those like yeah all of those things that you mentioned i could point to some scripture so it lines up with scripture it's a good thing to take care of your body i mean that's pretty you know um the other thing i would say all right so i don't know if you had this but always all right so you've got god's word you've got god's spirit I mean, maybe there's a conviction inside, a, you know, a stirring, a prompting, if you will, of the spirit, you know, kind of thing. Maybe, maybe not. I would say that's a huge thing. Romans 8, Paul talks about those who are gods, have the spirit of God, and you're led by God. Yeah. The spirit. Okay. The other thing, as I would say, we talked about the God's character. Does that line up with his character? God's gifts. I guess, you know, God gives you gifts. Mm-hmm. He's wired you a certain way. I mean, you're literally born. A certain way with personalities and traits and stuff like I mean not to my just spiritual gifts but just how God created you yeah okay and that's a good thing like so does that line up well you mentioned about the reading I've got obviously loving God with all of our mind we could we could talk about that learning 
being a learner, you know, being able to teach, all that kind of stuff. But I would also say, man, the result. You said this, like, so my thing is too, when we're talking about the, the, the will of God, what might be the fruit or the end result? Mm-hmm. The possibility of me doing this, right? Like, so you getting up early or reading a book, well, the end result for you is not just getting in shape, although that's part of it, feeling better throughout the day. That's really good. Yeah. But down the road, you know what? I want to be able to come home and not leave for two hours, you know? Yeah. And, well, is that a good, is that a good, if you would, you know, is that a good godly thing or an evil devilish <laughs> thing? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going, I'm going Put that on the God side. Yeah. And so for me, that all lines up. So if you came to me and be like, I don't know, Robbie, I feel like God's stirring in my spirit. Maybe I should get up at four o'clock. I'd be like, yo, bro, go for it. Yeah. Like, because it lines up. Yeah. And that's a very simple, and I know for a lot of people, it's like, you just make a decision whether to get up or don't, dude, whatever. It takes effort, like, right? Yeah. I, I feel like a nerd for saying this. All that. Write down, like, a list of pros and cons. Yeah. Like, sort through, like, think through it seriously of, like, if you're thinking about, becoming the barber or whatever mm-hmm. one day mm-hmm. what's the benefits of that yeah is that does it line up like you said with god's will for yeah. your life yeah and whatever season you're in yeah. or the i was thinking about this today too of like sometimes we do the the what if i miss god's will with even our picking our partners mm-hmm. of <laughs> there'll be a godly beautiful woman right in front of you mm-hmm. and you'll be like man but what if what if there's a better one somewhere else yeah. around the corner yeah and what if i choose the wrong one yeah and it's like, no, you moron. She's right in front of you. Go for it. Yeah. But we, uh, I, I completely lost track of what <laughs> that's cool. Talking about the beautiful woman just not that yeah. all off track. But, but that's the thing, yeah. dude. Like, okay, so I'm walking with the Lord. And so, like, okay, so picking a college, you know, or a job. Is this job or this yeah. college or this relationship? Yeah. Uh, it Not only is there you know, kingdom possibilities within it. Yeah. But let's be honest. Let's just stop for a moment and, and just peel back the veil for a little bit. Uh, okay, I'm a follower of Christ. She's not. There might be an issue. Okay. Yeah, so this is... Is that where you were going? Yeah, this Same is, thing yeah. with college or a job. Like, so me working at a job, and I hear people justify stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, like where they go or what they do or what it... Can they be used by God in that circumstance? Absolutely. But as I'm going into it, is this going to put me in a place of temptation? Is this going to put me in a spot where godliness, yeah, I might stick out, and maybe that's what God's calling to I'm not saying he's not. But is it really in a place where God, like God would open that door and I would know? Like, mm-hmm. Or is this more of the flesh? Like, yeah. I just want to go there because I want to go there. It's my will, not his. So what were you going to say about the, the relationship? Yeah, of like, if you, if say it's that situation of you're questioning who to date yeah. and who to marry, whatever, you write down those lists of was she a godly girl? Yeah. Of th- does she display the fruits of the spirits? Is yeah. she going to draw me closer to Jesus or push me farther away? Yeah. And it's we do we need to do that with everything of like with our right. jobs. Is the 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 place that you're choosing to work at is it going to take you away from Jesus or is mm-hmm. it going to push you closer to him? Mm-hmm. And like there's situations where like obviously some people you have to choose the job that you're offered but if you get that option of choice or the the blessing of choice and you can choose whatever job Mm -hmm. think sit down and think through 
is this a place where I'm going to grow in my faith and mm-hmm. uh, become the type of person that God's called me to be, mm-hmm. which is a faithful, obedient Christian sure. who loves God and loves people? Yep. Or is it going to do the exact opposite? Mm-hmm. And then that that helps make the decisions very clear because then mm-hmm. you're like, well, if I take this factory job and it you know has me working insane hours and I'm I destroy every relationship I have in my life mm-hmm. and I can't be at church. And then it's probably like, yeah, yeah, don't take it. Yeah. yeah. Go find a a different job. Yeah. And following Jesus again, there will be cost. Yeah. And sometimes, again, just to your point, I mean, yeah. So maybe it's not you choosing. Maybe you're already in it. Yeah. You know, and so when you said that, that's what I thought about. So like when Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 is talking about marriage and singleness and all this kind of stuff, but he also addresses people who are already in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now you're a believer and you have an unbelieving spouse. So they ain't no choosing whether you get into yeah. it, bro. You in it. Yeah. Or you're at a workplace where, you know, there are a lot of temptations. There's a You're the only believer there. Do you leave? Would God leave you there as to be that light? Yeah. You know, I mean, so those things, yeah, you're in that. But again, there is a choice there. Like, okay, I'm here. Yeah, I could leave. Yeah. But maybe I stay, you know? Mm-hmm. And God used that. So I'm going to choose to stay and, yeah, build relationships, show them that, you know, Christians actually don't have three eyes and are just weirdos kind of thing yeah. in a bad way. Like, let's, let's dream for a moment. Like, say you stay and say this is a, a terrible work environment. Say yeah. there's, like, the worst things going on in this factory. Mm-hmm. But you stay and you're a devoted Christian. Well, if you're truly following Jesus, your work ethic should that it should match. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You do everything to the glory of God. What Colossians three twenty three? Yes. So you're doing your job to the glory of God. You get promoted. Mm-hmm. You then can make some changes to the culture. Yeah. You can say, you know, you know we're not going to belare freaking little yachty mm-hmm. <laughs> and have uh, women objectified on the radio at, while we work. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna change it. Yeah, change the culture. Yeah. Uh, say you. Instead, instead, maybe people don't feel uh, like they're not great. I want to say grateful. People don't feel appreciated at this factory you work mm-hmm. in. Will you get that promotion? Yeah. What you can do is by change, the way you're going to change that culture is you're going to make people feel mm-hmm. appreciated. Yeah. You're going to go around and you're yeah. going to thank people. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If people are not, they don't have the best work ethic, well, you show them how to have good work yeah. ethic. You show them the importance of cleaning up their work area of taking the trash out of doing those little of being the servant first that's right and what it does is it that's part of discipleship yeah you're stepping in and you're slowly changing things and people are going to see that yeah and there's going to be people who they're making that those choices that they're going to be like Mm -hmm. well am i going to follow Mm -hmm. ryan i'm just sorry for ryan (laughs) (laughs) but uh am i going to follow ryan's example that he's setting or am i going to not yeah yeah. And ultimately, that as Ryan keeps moving up the ladder or whatever, mm-hmm. that's going to either make it better for that person or worse, mm-hmm. depending on how that environment changes and how that person yeah. is. You know? Yeah, and here's the thing, too. Um, I think we need to get this as followers of Christ. Like, So not everybody, most people, in fact, will not be called to be a lead pastor, as you mentioned earlier. You know? Yeah. So here's the thing. So you own a... Uh, chemical and seed store and you're already a follower of christ so my thing is always like man that you talking about you know first corinthians um 10 31 whatever you do do it all for the glory of god here's my thing 
like, okay, so be a man of integrity or woman, yep. whomever owns it, be that of integrity. How you treat your employees, how you treat your customers. Like you don't have to preach at them all the time, but stand out because you're living out the gospel before them. Be the Joseph, be the Daniel. Absolutely, yeah. in the workplace. And that, here's one thing, like it is amazing when you walk through not just Acts, but you think about the gospels, it takes place in the workplace a lot of times. Yeah. It does not all, in fact, it's, it's very limited in the temple. Like obviously there, there are situations and Paul in the synagogues, a, a place of worship kind of thing. But how much of it is done um, at the home, um, kind of as they're going, and in the workplace? And so for me, like, I, okay, so for us, we kind of got that backwards here in the 21st century. Like, it's all about within a church setting, corporate setting. That's important. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to be very biblical, that means taking the gospel, living the gospel out in our workplace, yeah. in our homes, as we're going. And so I just, yeah, I think there's so many opportunities there. So whatever it is God's called you to do, you know, whatever college you go to, be a godly man or woman for Christ at that college, at the workplace. I mean, I, I take that literally about whatever you do. So if it's cleaning a toilet, I have a choice. Either I will clean it for the glory of God or I won't. And I'm not being funny about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Paul uses eating and drinking. That's the most. We do that at least three times a day. Yeah, that, that's been. It's, it's kind of one of those, you know, minute, just ordinary things, just like, I don't know, everything else that we do during the day that we you, oversee yeah. is, or we look at as just ordinary. God's like, no, 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 that ain't ordinary opportunity. Well, you think about Daniel's story, they that was a huge part of it. If they they mm-hmm. ate to the glory of God literally. Yeah. For yeah. And what it ended up doing is it impacted an empire. Yeah. And you you just think about that and you're like yep. eating. Yep. Eating healthy. Yeah. And that that's that's one of those simple things of like uh if you just make those small start with a small axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to become the person God's called and created you to be, mm-hmm. then start with a small axe. Look at your yeah. diet yeah. and say, yo, maybe I shouldn't eat hot fries every day. Yeah. And maybe I should put like a salad or something <laughs> in it. It's personal experience. Yeah. And here's, yeah. here's something too, man, for, for the children of God. Okay, so sometimes like in the book of Acts, Acts 13, all over the place, God speaks, God speaks, the Holy Spirit speaks kind of thing. We've already talked about that, like what, what it sound like kind of thing. But they were already serving. Like they were in the midst of yep. doing that God spoke. And so in the midst of their walk, in the midst of serving, worshiping, daily life, God spoke into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's direct sometimes. But I had, I had a preacher tell me this uh, years ago, and it was so refreshing. Uh, he said, you know, people will ask me, do I always know, like, this is the perfect will of God? And he's like, no. Nah. He said, if, now, again, does it line up with scriptures? Is all those things? Yes. But I'm talking about the details, like yeah. specifics. He's like, No. Like 50-50, I flip a coin kind of thing. He yeah. says, but as I'm walking, I, I figure out, you know? Yeah. And a lot of, because you back up, um, when you go to David and Goliath, God never told David to do that, ever. Did he tell David? Not only not to do, or to do it, he didn't, if he didn't tell him to do it, he definitely didn't tell him what the result was going to be. He didn't lay it out before him. There was just this prompting, like, okay, this dude is blaspheming, attacking the character of Yahweh, and I ain't having it. It was all about God, and he stepped up. He could have, I mean, I don't, was he 100% sure that Goliath wasn't gonna take his head off? Mm-hmm. You know? But I think you see that a lot. You, you yeah. mentioned Daniel, you see that with Daniel. You see that with the three Hebrew boys. There's not a direct God answering a prayer or speaking down 
into a specific situation, say, do this or don't do this. It was like, no, you know, I, I go every day to pray. And I'm gonna keep my windows open. I'm gonna pray. I don't care who sees, because that's that's me yeah. and y'all way together. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna bow down and worship an idol, you know, no matter if there's a furnace. Yeah. It's so for me again, just the character of God and who He is, man. That that's what I'm running to. Yeah. When it comes to the will of God, because you know what the flip side is. I know we need to end in a minute. Um, people that say, you know, God told me. So that's <laughs> yeah. how you know the will of God. God yeah. told me, and I'm just always man. That's one of those things like. I have learned, and I say that as we laugh, I've learned when people say that, um, I can be cautious without being condemning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe God did speak to them. Maybe he did stir in their spirit. Maybe they had a dream that came from the Lord. I don't know. Like, God speak any way he wants to. He's God. Yeah. But I do want to, okay, take it to the Word, spirit, counsel of godly people. Yeah, I'm going to do that before I just take them at their word that it came from the Lord. Yeah. Satan appears as an angel of light. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to have a discerning spirit, but I'm not going to be condescending. I'm not going to be like, so whatever, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, let's, let's weigh it. Because in fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, one of the gifts, Paul talks about prophecy and he takes, says, take it to the leaders and y'all weigh it. See if it lines up with those things before it's spoken. So yeah, when it comes to the will of God, sometimes, yeah, it may be as, as, as clear as God audibly speaking. And sometimes maybe it's not. Yeah. But does it line up with all those other things? And that's why I, the last thing I would say, like practically, have godly people in your life mm-hmm. that when you speak something. So if I come to you, Austin, I'm like, I, f- I had a dream the other night or I feel like God spoke to me that I should leave my wife for my secretary. Well, A, we don't have a secretary. And B, I would never leave yeah, my wife. God. But you would speak in truth into that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether I heard it or not from whomever, because that definitely would be from God kind of thing. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So have godly people in your life that will be a soundboard and just, man, they're walking. They're feeding on God's faithfulness. And so as I share this, they're going to pray with me. They're going to counsel me. And I'm going to receive that as somebody who loves and knows Jesus as much as hopefully I do. So. This has been another episode of Into the Fray. We want to thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast feed. We will see you next week for another conversation.